0: And welcome to another episode of the Esty Farrell Show, Let's with go. with great energy and excitement. Next to me, I'm joined by
1: Matt Sheehan, my new co-host. That's right. And I am Justin Bend. How are you doing today, Matt? Amazing. You, you, you know why? It's because I'm so happy for you and your Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, look at you! What oh, does yeah. it feel like to just be better than everyone else and having a team in the Super Bowl? Just elite, or even higher than that? What are you feeling? It feels like it did five years ago.
0: Um, what but, that's a flex right there, <laughs>
1: astronomical flex. But um, <laughs> wow.
0: job's not finished, so can't celebrate just yet. Okay, it's, um, a big opponent awaits in in Pat Mahomes, but yeah, I think um, I think they can do it. I Think they can do it.
1: Okay, I like the faith. Yeah. There we go. And uh, happy signing day to you as well. How how was your day? I know that you were probably slaving over a hot laptop over there at 24-7 Sports, uh, one of his many day jobs, but yeah. How you doing? And Oh, is that another 24-7 Sports member we see on the screen right now? Signing day, and we got Corey Robinson here. I am swarmed right now (laughs) by strapping gentlemen that work at 24-7 Sports. Corey,
0: how you doing today? Thanks for joining
1: us. (laughs) I'm doing
2: good. Pretty uh, pretty low-key day for us, as opposed to the early signing period, but but it was a good time to get those guys official and move on to what's next, I guess, real football.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think um, this time around there were pretty much just two names that Michigan fans were kind of keyed in on the last month or so. And um, one of them did commit to Michigan State, the other did not, we'll talk about them. And there were some uh, PWOs that signed their national letters of intent today, and then also some transfers that were publicly announced, even though they've been on campus for a while. So I guess, Corey, first off, we'll just start with, what are your thoughts on philip davis the 2023 uh defensive back from florida michigan state said that they will be trying him at corner because that's just a logical progression you kind of want to try someone at corner then move him to safety but what what can you tell us about about philip davis
2: uh as you kind of see in that photo the graphic there he's all arms and legs uh i think he's six two without uh uh tennis shoes on six three with the cleats on uh but yeah, long wingspan on him, covers a lot of ground quickly, where if you watch his tape, uh, I think he had 10 interceptions as a se- his senior year, and a lot of them were where the quarterback threw the, bu- the deep ball thinking he was beat, and then he would just make up so much ground so quickly, uh, and just uh, quick, huge strides with him. I think uh, I was talking to someone around there, they, they didn't remember the name. But I asked him, I said, how did you find him? Just because, you know, he had the Toledo offer and that was it. And you turned on the tape and, you know, I'm not saying he's one of the top defensive backs they brought in, but I could easily name five defensive backs they brought in in the three cycles that I think he's better than. And it was an ex-player, they couldn't remember which one it was that keyed them, the person that I talked to. But that's what it was, is someone down there uh, that knew the kid. Or the high school coach or something mm. tip the tape off and send it to him. So that, that was kind of the backstory. But yeah, I, I thought he was a, a good gamble late. I think they were really judicious to use a big word since I'm on the big show tonight uh, <laughs> okay, uh, who they were going to wow. offer as a, a defensive back. They really, like Justin, you watched it. They didn't really offer anybody from August on. And like yeah. we, we were talking privately, we knew that. Dalen Austin and a couple other guys probably weren't happening but they were still really careful with who they were going to offer so that tells you that they feel like they might have found the diamond and rough with him
1: now it's Darius we also have Chance Rucker in the mix here Eddie Pleasant and then Sean Brown that rounds out the secondary here Amongst those guys, who do you think has the quickest impact for Michigan State? And I know it's asking a lot for you know a, a day one starter, but even as early as a sophomore year, or even you know later on that year, is there anyone that the staff is feeling really good about for instant impact guy?
2: Um, I, I think Chance Rucker for for me. I, he played uh, great football down there. Uh in Denton, Texas, I have to go back to december that that's where he's from uh so I mean he's played top competition down there, great quarterback, so he actually gets challenged and I think physically he came in ready to make an impact. I think he's already gotta be close to two hundred pounds looking at the the video of him. He's a thickly built uh kid already, so I yeah. think if I had a guess, he would be the most likely.
0: And gotcha. I, I agree with Corey there because he probably agrees too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been big on Chance Rucker for a few months now. I think yeah. the variety of factors that are key when it comes to the question of who can contribute early, it's what competition did they play in high school? It's did they early enroll or not? And how much do they like contact, especially a defensive back? Because there's a lot of guys that they might be fluid in coverage, but they're not used to kind of getting their head in there and and making those tackles. And it takes a while for those guys to get adjusted. Just like on the offensive side, of tight end, it's like, is it a guy that loves blocking even if he can catch? So kind of on the flip side there, it's do these corners like to hit? And chance is of that mold. He loves physical content. He played at a high level, and he is coming in early and rolling. So he checks the three boxes that I kind of look at beyond skill set. Gotcha. And uh, I agree with Corey in that regard, Kind of sure. like
1: Chuck Brantley, then. Like, no wonder that kid played yeah. early, you know? just He kind of likes contact. Yeah, just, just, just a little, just little bit. bit. Just a little bit. I like yeah. that, though. I'm nice. A,
2: a couple more pounds than Chuck, though. Yeah. Maybe a few. he got a couple more pounds on him. <laughs> Maybe a few. Yeah. But that's what I think, too. Like, if you look at this whole class, the defensive back class, I think all four of them could project to cornerback or safety, which kind of says they're really finding those complete uh, – defensive backs that you can move all over. You get them on campus, safety's a spot, corner's a spot, but all all of them have, you know, long arms and good frames. Uh, I think most of them carry quite a bit of weight. Uh, Phillip Davis, he he looks a little skinnier, but he's, I think, 185 pounds, but he's just so much arms that Mm -hmm. he still looks like he could pack on some good weight. But yeah, I think all four of those guys, you could picture them at corner or safety,
1: honestly. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. And I think with guys like that, you have to also look at the opportunity that they have in terms of the play, the depth chart that's at Michigan State right now. In some position groups, it's probably not easy to start, such as kind of the interior of the defensive line is pretty loaded. Um, Linebacker for the immediate future is kind of loaded. But at cornerback, really, it's a lot of young guys are probably towards the top of that depth chart. And um, here's an opportunity for these four guys to jump into the mix. I know there's some guys we like that are at Michigan State right now, the Caleb Coley's of the world, and, and some of the guys that have played in the past as well. But these guys have opportunities playing in that, in that DB room to, to play early for
1: sure. No doubt. No doubt. Now, do we flip the page and talk about... Ooh. The yeah, bad news, yeah, yeah the, the not so fun news. Uh, Corey, the other name in the mix. Why yeah. did
0: MSU not land Di Ono? Oh it's your what, fault, Corey. Yeah, what, explain yourself. No, explain what, yourself. What, what can you tell us about, I guess, the factors that were at play in his recruitment and maybe what he liked about Penn State? Yeah, that,
2: that's the one that I, I didn't necessarily like being the one that broke where he was going uh, <laughs> to the board, but I did that on Shaw Lane. Uh, yeah, what was it two nights ago? Yep. So I had to do that which that's part part of the deal you win some of the recruitments you lose them but uh we had always reported that distance was always going to be a major factor uh in that recruitment his mom really wanted him close and ultimately uh michigan state made a run at it they made him think uh about it but ultimately just staying closer to home was the big draw for the family which uh you know some guys are just like that you look at Stanton Rammel and uh, Keyshawn Blackstock You know, Michigan State beat Penn State for both of those guys and they're from Alabama and Georgia so distance clearly wasn't a, a, mm-hmm. a factor for them but with Ono, it was and that's what it kind of came down to plus I think he had a, a couple friends that were in the Penn State class that he had built the mm-hmm. relationship with so uh, I, think, I think those were the two main factors was just yeah. staying closer to home and having a couple friends
0: Right, and, and even though Penn State didn't offer that much before Michigan State, they've been talking to him for a lot longer, and they have the advantage of being yeah. right next to where he's from, so it only made sense, it's only natural that Penn State got a little leg up there in terms of the, the relationship they build up up front, and I know Coach Cap and, and the staff, they did a great job on the official visit making up that, that gap, but At the end of the day, I guess that was the first school that he kind of built that relationship with, and that's where he went. So, Can't win them all, but they did win quite a few of them when it comes to the all-line battles. I think three, four stars. And Matt, I think you had a stat that had something to... It's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us the stat of if Michigan State would have landed Chimdi, the kind of company they would have been in?
1: Yeah, well, right now, I mean, they're in great standing per the 24-7 sports composite. Michigan State has, you know, all three of their offensive linemen are rated in the top 500 players. Mm -hmm. There's only 13 programs that have... Have three mm. offensive linemen all rated right in the top 500. But if they got Chimdi, well, then they would have been one of four uh, programs to have mm. at least four offensive linemen in the top 500, wow. uh, Tyne, Ohio State and then Notre Dame and Alabama. Both have five offensive linemen all rated right in the top 500. <laughs> so uh, good for them. Yeah, Maria, but yeah, but so that happy. Is, that is quite impressive, and
0: it adds yeah. context into how challenging of a task that this was going to be 100%. for Michigan State because. At one point or another, like Michigan State fans probably, I know now they've gotten used to kind of recruiting at this level. But if you could have just said there's two of those guys, Mm -hmm. three of those guys like to have. But even being this close to landing a fourth and becoming one of four programs in that company, it was a lofty task. But I think everyone will take being one of 13 programs to have have, uh, three of
1: them. Not bad, yeah. And the second best position group being the defensive line. I mean, I love how the way this Mm -hmm. class was crafted, right? In the trenches – and then the trenches and then some more trenches and oh yeah here's a four-star quarterback a four star linebacker let's go back to the trenches like i i just love the way that this class was built yeah. Corey, i know we
0: talked in uh, december about just kind of what you think about the class as a whole and people should go back and listen to that episode but i guess uh now that everything is done we we see how many spots they took up we see all the guys that they landed um what what are some things that stand out to you about the class as a whole
2: uh definitely like you guys mentioned and i mentioned back in december the trenches
0: mm-hmm. that, that's
2: where you win uh and you look at the size of the guys that they brought in like all of these guys uh, uh i think cold Dellinger is what six three, six four, three hundred 300 pounds and he's projecting to center at michigan state i mean that that, that was a a jim ballman left tackle back <laughs> not too long ago six four three hundred pounds uh so i mean they've got bigger there uh, the defensive line, uh, you got By Job, who's somewhere around 50 once everything came out in the composite rankings, uh, Andrew uh, DePave out of Iowa, another early enrollee, all the defensive linemen are on campus, that's another key, but uh, I think he was a guy that, he was selected to make the uh, All-American Bowl game, but he had to decline because he was coming off of that uh, shoulder injury and he wanted to rehab and be ready for Michigan State so he can be ready for fall camp. But I think had he went to that camp and uh, had to practice all week and people saw him, I think he would have been like a high riser. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, he's got everything you want at a defensive end, the bend, uh, just the way he can contort his upper body and his lower body to just create angles that make it hard for offensive linemen to get hands on you. So I I think he's... Uh, you know, I think he's 119, 120 somewhere range in there, but I think he's better than that, and he's the type of guy that uh, succeeds at the next level. And then even uh, you look at offensive line Stanton Ramel, uh, for the first time in history, I think ESPN hit a rating right, and they had him at number 88 in their final rankings in the entire country. Uh, six mm-hmm. foot seven three ten he can play left tackle where he's more natural but he showed at the all-american game that the under armor game that he can play right tackle which everybody thinks oh yeah, if you can play left tackle you can play right but it's basically a mirror you're doing everything opposite of what right. what you're training in your head so that, that for him to play left tackle his whole life go there for a week playing against some of the best high schoolers and be a standout offensive lineman at right tackle there Uh, just shows his versatility and just his grasp for the position. And then uh, Keyshawn Blackstock, I think that's a a plug and play where if he stays healthy, you can write his name down in Sharpie. He's going to start somewhere on the offensive line, whether that's left tackle, right tackle, right guard, depending on just who else takes a hold of those other positions. You can Mm -hmm. slot him in.
1: uh, yeah,
2: like you said, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. You're, you're on a roll right now. I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I got a little too excited about the next <laughs> question. Like My I'm bad. I'm
2: going. But, but, yeah, and I, I think, too, like, uh, when you guys were talking about the offensive line with the 13 classes, uh, like, for Michigan State to do that, like, all those classes that are in there, I bet you all of them have a history of putting guys in the NFL Yeah. at the offensive line where Michigan State can't sell that. Like, mm-hmm. they can only sell this is what it's going to be like when – my people take over so for uh cap to be able to kind of sell that vision and get those guys that are ranked that highly to believe in the vision and the opportunity uh just tells you what it could be here soon in a couple years where maybe we come on this show in three years and uh, we're just used to being in the top five teams that do that because you're putting guys in the league finally at the position
0: very good point
1: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, really quick, this is my last question I got. Thanks a lot for your time, first of all. Um, Next opportunity to go shopping, though, is going to be the the spring transfer portal window. MSU has like five, four maybe scholarship allotments available. But that's going to change because, you know, guys will leave the program as well. That's just the nature of how things go. But what are the top three position groups that you're going to be looking for Michigan State to fill here in the spring? I know that probably... Won't be shopping for like a day one starter, especially in the spring. But even for depth pieces, like what are we looking at here for position groups?
2: Uh, defensive backs, number one, I think for me and most people, I think it yeah. would be smart to bring in one more guy that can you can put into your two deep at least. Uh, I think they're gonna once Ono oh went elsewhere, they're gonna go get an offensive lineman if they can find the right guy that can at least uh, like they can confidently say this guy should be able to beat guys out and get in there too deep if not starting and then uh uh, they could get like a slot receiver uh kind of that elite game speed where you can uh really stretch it and take advantage of matchups on safeties and linebackers i think they would like to do that if they can find that guy
0: yeah those are three spots where i think michigan state would uh be adding someone that they might not currently have because you can never have too much depth uh, at offensive tackle and they don't really have a burner in the slot right now, like Corey was saying, and safety would be great to get maybe an experienced guy to put next to Jaden Mangum while while Malik Spencer and Dylan Taylor maybe compete for the slot spot, for example. But I think uh, that's definitely the the answers I would give as well for that. But Corey, um, I don't know if you have any other, other tidbits you, you want to get across for sure regarding the Michigan State class or, or anything in the near future, but that's all the questions we had for you. Um, do, is there anything else you would like to add? Something that Michigan State fans need to know?
2: No, uh, no, I think we covered it pretty well for, for what we did, and then uh, yeah. maybe we will come back on uh, down the road and uh, uh, yeah, see what we got after we see some spring practice.
0: Definitely, definitely, we we are going to have you on right after we get some more ability to gather intel with practices and spring practices and the spring game for sure. So, until then, we appreciate your time and. Of course, I will be talking to you soon because the world of recruiting never stops, but uh, I'm sure the fans will be excited to have you on again in the near future. So appreciate your time, Corey. Uh,
2: thanks for having me on. And it's finally uh, good to be able to do a, a show with you. Uh, Sheehan. I know, I know we've been trying to link up a few times and finally made it happen. It happened. So, it uh, happened, yeah. baby. Sheehan, we you did it. Need a or, or if someone cancels on you, just let me know and we can throw it together. <laughs>
1: What history was made? What a legend! Yeah, God, Corey Robinson, just an yeah. icon, icon <laughs> in the recruiting game. Man. Yeah, look at this. This is true. Look at this.
0: Yeah, so that that was a um, pretty holistic view of kind of what Michigan State brought in, what Michigan State is yeah. looking to bring in, and um, just a, a lot of good recruiting momentum right now. I know the class wasn't as big as people wanted, but even at the end, they put some flyers. They got some flyers involved as well. They bumped the numbers up a bit. So yeah. Pretty good class, I would
1: great say. Great offensive line, great defensive line. And as a whole, if you want to take the average of each player, okay, your average ranking is higher than two out of the four college football playoff teams. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty good. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that speaks to how well Michigan State recruited, especially off of a 5-7 and seven season, or yeah, just how underwhelming it might be elsewhere. But it's a good mm. picture for Michigan State. And, uh, mm. yes, sunny days ahead in East Lansing. I mean, there's never a cloudy day in East Lansing to begin with. Sunny sunnier days East never, like that one? Yeah.
0: Ne- never cloudy, never cold, no,
1: never in no, snow. No, 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 yeah. no, no, <laughs> no. Not my East Lansing that I know. No. <laughs> Heavens no. Do we talk about a sport that's actually playing right now? I guess we
0: should probably do that. Okay. That, is, that sounds like a good let's idea. Let's fix it
1: up. Yeah, let's get nuts. Justin. Our Spartans uh, played two games last week on the hardwood. They won an ugly one against Iowa. Uh, but you know what? We're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. There's something to be said about winning the ugly games. And then Sunday happened at West Lafayette. Uh, not much more to say about that. Uh, any big takeaways from the last two games for you, just immediately at the top of your head?
0: Um, nothing to the point where I think it changes the... Uh, outcome of the season or the ceiling that I think that the sea, the season could have. I think sure. at the end of the day, Michigan State will need to be wary anytime they have to play a dominant center. That is that is what we have learned in, yeah. in the Purdue games. Yeah. But other than that, I think the guard play is there that they can still make a run in March with with the pieces they have. Um, they're going to need more consistency out of Madi Sazoko. Sure. That was one of my one of my takeaways from the last few games. Um, Kohler and Cooper continue to show flashes, and I I think they will continue to improve as they get run. Uh, Jaden Akins is starting to turn back into the original form he was in before injury, starting to become one of the more reliable guys. I would think Um, Hogard, not his best game against Iowa, Mm -hmm. but um, he was aggressive against Purdue again. And uh, free throws are kind of suddenly an oddity in his game, but he seems to be commanding the offense and being aggressive and doing other things. But yeah, uh, yeah, just just nothing that is a takeaway that is something new or that changes my perception of the team, but they just need to keep plugging away at center, improving there, and uh, the team is what it is, and I think we know the mold of team that can beat them and the type of teams they can beat on the flip side, and that's kind of what I look at from the past couple weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the two biggest takeaways I had is after Sunday, This team could use a six-day break. Uh, They played, what, 40 (laughs) games in the month of January? Like, just absolutely relentless schedule. And, oh, yeah, uh, by the way, that was the second road Big Ten game in a row on a weekend. Justin, they have four more of those coming up. And, yes, I'm counting this weekend's game. I know it's neutral court at Madison Square Garden, but six weekends in a row you're playing a road game in the Big Ten. Thanks, whoever... Made that. That's great. I, honestly, who am I kidding? Tom Izzo probably got in the ear of whoever makes the schedules and was like, yeah. <laughs> Send us on the road, give us the most hostile atmospheres, put us at noon, a game everyone can make, sell out every game. So that's knowing Tom Izzo, that's probably 100% what happened. Yeah. And the second takeaway, too, is just like you said with Hogarth, man, I mean, I, 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 it was not a good game whatsoever. I think he'd be the first to admit yeah. that as well. I mean, heck, he went back out to the court to right. free throws minutes after the game. Responds with a 20-point performance against Mm -hmm. Purdue. So, yes, like people were like, ah, he didn't play that great against Indiana. I thought he just played okay. Iowa was kind of, uh-oh, but he didn't make it a trend. He snapped right out of it. He had a big performance at Purdue. And I know that it was a 16-point loss. Like, I'm not trying to do moral victory theater, but allow me to just do moral victory theater right now and at least take one bright spot in what happened on Sunday. And that's okay. AJ Hogard kids are probably going to be fine. The kids are probably going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, God just needed the six day break. Same here. Just us fans too. Let's talk about, you know, us for a little bit, all the fans at home. Um, this is nice. I, I've gone, few days at a time without tightness in my chest so yeah but i mean it's been nice
0: at the same time it's so new that you almost feel like you don't know the schedule you <laughs> do like i like, need it there, yeah. must <laughs> be <a game>. there, <laughs> there must be a game today like i'm just i'm i just must be unaware like of hives. That, yeah, yeah sorry start, start
1: getting the <laughs> sweats the shakes yeah, yeah and that's a good point too yeah. Yeah. I, yeah
0: i think in terms of that the moral victory angle you're talking about there i think there is a little more to it than that because if it was last year's michigan state team or the team before and they're down 16 with 15 minutes left in the game you can easily see that being a 28 point loss in in those kind of identity of a team yeah but this time around they closed it back down to eight or maybe even six i believe no i think it was about eight maybe ten or eight and uh, yeah i guess it did get widened out again at that point but that is a very different sort of an identity than what we've seen here the last two years, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And also too, like, I think Sunday and I hate to admit this and I hate to go full, you know, a boiler maker dogs for life right now, but like, maybe it's just produce good. I mean, I I was on the soapbox for the longest time being like, ah, like, yeah, they're fine, but they they can't be this good. Like unanimous number one team in the country. Good. Absolutely not. Yes. They have ed, but they're surrounded by guards that are three-star freshmen. That's not going to sustain itself throughout the year. Well, Justin, we're in February now, and, and I can't keep yeah. saying, "Oh, this is going to end eventually." I, like, eventually, <laughs> you just realize that, oh, they are that good, and well, Mackey Arena is kind of a house of horrors for Michigan yeah. State, and um, yeah, that was just for me. It was, it was not as much. Oh God, this MSU team is in trouble. It's just Purdue. Might be thinking about them a little bit different than I used to a few weeks ago. I, th- yeah. I have to admit it. I yeah. think
0: I think and I think they'll easily win uh, the next um, few banners here that that are in front of them in terms of. Uh, the regular season, mm-hmm. and probably Indianapolis, or sure. Chicago this year, I believe, is where the Big Ten Tournament is. Yeah,
1: it's not in D.C., that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah, they're not doing that again. But
0: after that, really what it comes down to is, in their bracket, are they going to have a team that has a strong center that can get Zach Eadie in foul, foul trouble? Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> right? if, if, yeah. if their uh, two seed is Arizona, though. That, I'm taking Arizona in that mm-hmm. Elite 8 matchup. Um, Arizona letting us down in March, though? I don't
1: know. I, I can see them getting if, broomed out in round of 32. This is true. This yeah. is true. This is true. Yeah. But God, I cannot wait for March Madness. Yeah,
0: oh, I know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, college basketball has a lot of parity this year. I'll be interested oh, to see nuts. how it goes. And, it's nuts. Yeah.
1: But that's that's one of the reasons why, like, yeah, it, it sucks Sunday, and you never want to see a loss, of course, by 16 points. But in the grand scheme of things, like, that's one of the reasons why I yes. think that Michigan State, I'm not saying is going to have a big run but could very well have a big run just because it is just carnage everywhere around the country. I mean, it's outside of the top five teams. Who do you feel great about? I think... I think this is
0: one of the years you you simply get in the tournament and you have as good a shot as anyone to make a Final Four run.
1: Yeah, just mix it up. And, you know, sometimes it could be the team with good wing play, good guard play, good shooting, Justin, good veteran leadership. And, oh, yeah, how about a head coach? Yeah. It's been more Final Fours than any other active head coach. Yeah. Uh, maybe that doesn't hurt things Speaking a little bit. Speaking
0: of good guard play, good wing play. Do we
1: got one of those on the horn
0: right now? We do. Oh! Joining us today on the SD4L show, we have Michigan State freshman point guard, Trey Holloman. Trey, how you doing today?
3: Man, I'm doing good, man.
0: Great to hear, Trey, so... You have, uh, as a true freshman, come in and gotten significant minutes for a Tom basketball program that's not easy to do. So kind of the first question that I have for you is what has the adjustment been like to play point guard at Michigan State coming from high school just a few months ago?
3: Man, uh, you got to be tough uh you got to be uh, mentally tough uh physically tough and uh you got to have the might the the right uh mindset to to you know play for coach uh Izzo because he's had some a great point guard so yeah I, I would say that's the biggest thing
1: no question that you have a lot of poise especially as a true freshman right now your assisted turnover ratio is 3.25 and for those that don't know ball let me tell you that's pretty good but with that said like it was there any moment early in the season that was a welcome to college basketball moment for you where it kind of took you by surprise and it's like oh my this is a little different than high school (laughs) or the aau circuit going on
3: uh Probably just in like practice, cause I'm playing okay. against the best uh, backcourt ever. So
1: <laughs> that helps. Like, <laughs> that helps things.
3: Yeah. So so like so like uh, when it got to the games, it it, it was like kind of like easier for me because it slowed down uh, for sure gotcha
0: that makes sense and and Trey your mom she coaches basketball she she's great on Twitter as well posting videos of her I think beating you one-on-one at times but just uh what can you tell about about how her role in your life has helped prepare you for just the big stage of college basketball
3: uh you know uh, she always told me to like uh work hard and uh, she has uh, surrounded me by like the best coaches, the best trainer and then you know she just been there for me since, since day one. So uh, I would uh, just thank her for like for like uh, everything so yeah that's it for real. <laughs>
1: And is your just, you know, passed along, you know, from the family to the program, you know, a different family, so to speak. Who's taking you under their wing the most? Is it a teammate of yours? Is it an assistant coach? Is it, is it just the man Tom Izzo himself or who's really been kind of your mentor so far in your young career? Uh,
3: you know, AJ Holgar, uh he is my uh roommate, you know. Okay. He is the starting start the starting point guard here. So, yeah. A.J.'s been, been great to me, man.
0: So, Trey, when you were a recruit, um, since I cover both football and basketball recruiting, you were on both radars, and we had you listed as a commit in both programs until eventually you said, I'm only playing basketball. So at what point did you know basketball is my future, even though Mel Tucker wants me, even though I have scholarships to play defensive back in college football, when did you really know no, football, basketball is going to be what I'm doing full-time?
3: Man, I don't know. Like, uh, because after uh, I, I like uh, committed. I, I was like, "Dang, mom, uh, do I like really want to still play play football?" And then uh, we had some some like deep uh, conversations because, man, uh, I love football. But then you know, it, it just came down to like, uh, I don't. I didn't i didn't work out for, for uh what's called football yeah so like basketball i was in the gym and so yeah it, that just came came about and then i just chose to just play basketball
1: when you would go to an msu game in the fall but would it would it almost hurt a little bit being like <laughs> damn i kind of I miss being out there or how hard was it just to watch a game after being not just a football player but one that was as talented as you were
3: yeah man uh, that was hard because you know sometimes you like dang man uh, i could have made made that that play and then uh, it was another like uh, uh okay play or like decent play that like uh, i think that 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 uh, i could have made but yeah, yeah. it, it would it was uh for sure hard watch Sure. Yeah.
0: So, so when Trey was seeing Marvin Harrison Jr. of Ohio State just toast oh. our secondary, he was thinking, "If I was there,
1: <laughs> Get if him I out was there, there he'd yep. be locked down. Get Trey <laughs> some cleats, <laughs> some shoulder pads, and, and, and we baby, got this in one possession baby, game. Uh, Marvin <laughs> Harrison's tough, man. <laughs> He's tough,
0: so. Yeah, no doubt I about mean, like, that.
3: Oh, we didn't have no, we don't, we don't really have that bad like a DB, but just Marvin was a, yeah, is a, uh, in it. NFL prospect, so. Yeah, That's a Sunday yeah. player. There are, yeah. people, in the, there are <laughs> yeah.
0: people in the NFL that won't be able to cover him <laughs> for sure. So, Trey, when you oh, got Michigan. to Michigan State, what is something about Tom Izzo or I guess maybe even during the recruiting process as you got to know him, what's something about Tom Izzo that surprised you that maybe you didn't know when you just saw him on TV or things of that nature? What's something that you got to know Tom Izzo to kind of really actually learn about him?
3: That, like, uh, he is tough man he is a very tough coach but like but like it is all all uh, out of out of love so yeah that's it so like uh, you just got to uh, take it in you got to uh you know uh, you you just got to you just got to know that it's all about love man For real wait, wait, coach is a uh, damn my, my fault yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're good yeah And so that's something about Tom Izzo, but we got something to ask about you, Trey. And I don't know if you know this or not, but you might be one of the most controversial basketball players in the conference because every time you take the court, conversation about your sleeves rises on Twitter, (laughs) online. They're talking, why is he wearing long sleeves? He's got to take the long sleeves off. Or if you're like me, it's like, yeah, rock the long sleeves. I I love wearing (laughs) long sleeves playing basketball. Uh, So plead your case. Why the long sleeves when you're taking the court?
3: man I don't know i have just been doing it since I was a sophomore, so like okay, and then like it just helped help my game, so then i I just kept on wearing it and then the the uh, headband came when I was a junior, so then mm. I got the headband with the long sleeve so okay then it, it it was just a good combo. Man. Yeah, Could we get reg specs
1: next year? You think? Like, can we keep adding on to this? Like, by the time you're a senior at state, like, you got like uh, some tims or something too, I or sweatpants. I'm black. I'm black. I love that.
2: I
0: need <laughs> I need calf sleeves. I need calf sleeves, and I need the Allen Iverson knuckle straps mm-hmm. too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Sure, when sure, when when you're getting ready for a game, or I guess even not even just pre-game music, just in general when you're listening to music. What's your top five? What are you listening to? (laughs) Uh,
3: I'm just listening to like a slow jams sometimes and then (laughs) slow jams. And then uh, when I want to, uh, I listen to, you know, uh, Herbo. I listen to Future, you know, Drake, Uh, any anybody for real. Uh, It depends on my mood for real.
0: Okay, yeah, that's good because usually I try to make sure that I get one Drake or Lil Baby name drop on every single yeah. episode I do. It's so in our contract. I, I check yeah. that off, so yeah. we we good with that for real. So, but no, that's good, and and I know that. Um, Everyone has uh, varied music tastes and stuff like that, but I've, I've noticed at the Breslin Center now, like they're playing good music before the games, they're playing good music during the games, and I oh, know that gets the players going too. But speaking of the environment at the games, Trey, what have you seen from the fans in the e zone and just the support that you guys get from MSU fans? Oh, man. The fans is great, oh,
3: beautiful. You got the hair, so like. Oh, like, uh, I see mine, like bro, I'm really in college. Like I really got like band, things, like, <laughs> so it's just like great to see and like uh, the 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 uh, is on is great. So yeah, that just hyped us up uh, even and more. So that, yeah, I love it, bro.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and on the flip side, so far, what's been the hardest place to play at? Mm-hmm. And as a fan, said anything. Not, not just like mean, but like anything that's just like, like what? <laughs> like just weird or anything like that? Have you been exposed to that yet? Uh, I, uh, I didn't
3: really like, I don't hear the, the fans for real, but then some them be like, like you, you, you suck, you're, you're a baby, that's it for real. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, I don't even like listen to them for real. Yeah. Well, that's
1: good. Way, way to tune that yeah. out. That's impressive. Yeah. Because yeah, if someone yeah, says something yeah, across yeah, yeah. the room tune to me, out. I'm listening to it. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, if I was on the court, I'd just be like trying to roast back, like just making fun of someone's shoes if they're trying to talk to me or tell oh. them to fix their haircut. Like, if I was warming up at an assembly <laughs>
1: hall and someone's yelling at me, I think I'd start tearing up. I'm just, like, I'm just not built for this. I, I, I can't do this. It's, it's not for me. So good, good for you.
0: So, Troy, what are some yeah. things you do outside of the court when you're not like grinding tape, when you're not working on your, your jump shot, when you're not? doing homework like what are some things you do for fun
3: uh i listen to music, you know uh, i got a few raps but like i just be uh playing around for real
0: mm, mm. now then, you know and, uh, what's uh, gonna happen again, fa- fans are gonna be tweeting at you to drop a mixtape now from now until you sh- drop one
1: yeah sorry that's just <laughs> the way it goes yeah <laughs> sorry they- go ahead
3: maybe after
1: maybe after man maybe after okay that sounds like a hard hard yes that sounds like a hard promise okay so yeah that'll be coming in early March perfect during the season Tom will love that Um, so really quick this is the, the, the biggest question that I have we're gonna put you on the hot seat you are at Brody Cafeteria you have one tray what is going on that tray at Brody Cafeteria good luck
3: Oh, some 20 milkshakes. milkshakes. Guys, <laughs> bro, is 20 milkshakes. Yep. There we go. Just load it up. 20 milkshakes. <laughs> wow. Probably like 20 tenders. Oh mm. yeah, I love mm. that play. With some fries, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Barbecue sauce, uh, buffalo sauce. You know, you gotta mix it up sometime
1: that's a good answer yeah that's strong elite answer,
0: answer. can never have enough chicken tenders but yep. trey that's all the questions we have for you um the fans anyone that's listening obviously go follow trey on his social media um trey do you have any anything you want to promote other than just your channels like anything nil related or just anything else that you want to put out there so the fans can kind of help you with your brand
3: uh I got a uh, clothing brand coming out called mm. called uh Mr. Jig so stay, okay. stay tuned to that and just know that I'm dropping some some heat. Okay. For sure
0: okay so everyone yeah. go stay tuned to that and then stay tuned to spotify soundcloud apple music for yep. that mixtape uh-huh. and uh <laughs> and uh that that does it for for this interview trey thank you so much for your time this was a lot of fun and yes, sir, uh we man, appreciate, appreciate you
1: all, you're the man yes, trey yes, hey yes, team sir. lawn sleeves for life baby don't do not <laughs> take the lawn sleeves off ever let's go keep falling out man all right man trey, uh, thank you appreciate you great kid that's, that
0: was that was fun for sure that was a yeah. good half
1: as funny as watching play even more fun to talk to him. yeah that's, and that says a lot because I, I do love watching play he puts yeah. the clamps on people and that's only going to get better throughout yeah. his career
0: I, I think some of these guys that that Izzo has been getting recently and like Jaden Akins and Trey Holliman, like some of these guys where they might be coming in with a certain backdrop to their high school careers where they were the ball dominant point guard they sure. were yeah. this guy the offense ran through yeah. but they just quickly come in and they're like we're just gonna be defensive stoppers until until it's our time to be yeah. high usage guys like yeah. it's it comes down to the character they obviously have in terms of being selfless and and, and also just the defensive prowess they have so yeah a lot of a lot of great excitement from trey so far on the court this year and can't wait to see what he can do in the coming years too as his role increases
1: no question no question should we talk about some other spartan dogs right now Justin? let's Is do it, that Spartan let's Dog do of the Week time. Uh, let's get it popping. And of all days, too, we are doing this on National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Owen, would you like to hop in the driver's seat right now and take it away for Spartan Dog of the Week?
4: Yeah, no, it's the MSU gymnastics team, and uh, they very much deserve it. I mean, ever since yeah. my girl last year started just building this really good program, it started with Skyla Schulte. She's a sophomore now, and now it's Nikki Smith. The, I would almost say legendary freshman at the moment, has been setting, is, is going to be setting records at some point gotcha. here at Michigan State. She's that good. Um, the fact that Michigan State was able to take down Michigan first time, they did that since 2007, that just shows where they've lifted their program to. And obviously, they just beat Maryland. But when you're scoring 49s across the board in all four events, that means you have a really good team. And I'll have a conversation with Micro Friday morning, and then I'll be interviewing him mm. for the Penn State-Michigan State, Michigan State um, meet on Saturday. But um, basically, they're super optimistic at Michigan State about this team. And there was a reason why the jokes were that MSU is in gymnastic school right now and honestly yeah. they really are the, maybe the it's way not a joke build, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah it's not a joke honestly but like at the same time you're trying to build every other program here at Michigan State but for a good reason you have Bailey Garcia and you can keep going there's so many good gymnasts for Michigan State now and they've really built a program that's going to be at the top Like, if you can take down Michigan you got all sorts of places that you can go That's great to hear. And
0: nobody knows uh, what's happening in all of the sports at Michigan State, like Owen, who's on the ground there working for Big Ten Network and, and, and reporting on all of the sports there. So when Owen tells you that the MSU women's gymnastics program is really on the rise, and they have some legendary performers there. Then it means it's time to start paying attention to to what's happening there with MSU women's gymnastics for sure. But appreciate your breakdown there, Owen. Thanks a lot, and congratulations to the entire women's gymnastics team at Michigan State for being this week's Spartan Dog of the Week recipient. The first
4: entire holistic want to, team. I to say real quick. Yeah, too. definitely. Go no, for go it. Ahead. Fire away. I'm Michigan State fans, once again, make sure to come out to Notre Dame. It's a huge series, last two-home game series of the year for Michigan State. You gotta sell out, pack out, whatever you gotta do. The last 16 of 17 meetings have been decided by two goals or less between Notre Dame and Michigan State, so you know you're gonna get a great game. Last time they played, they tied through overtime, just because Matt, you made that mistake a couple weeks ago.
1: Whoops.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And then they won the shootout, so they got two points. But it's going to be a massive, massive series because Michigan State needs the two at least split in order to still have their conversation to make the tournament base because they're right on the edge at the moment. So it's a big weekend. They got Michigan next weekend, but – the Friday games in East Lansing. Saturday is at LCA, so it will be the last two home game series of the season. So it's it's a big one.
1: Make it count. Yeah, crunch time is upon us. There we go. Owen is the hardest working man Owen. on this side of MSU. Media. He sleep. He has to sleep twenty minutes a night for everything yeah. he does. I, his, so yeah, his legend.
0: schoolwork, producing this show, working for Big Ten Network, just. Uh, Owen Owen knows it all. Owen is all the way plugged in. He but... does. He does. So, Matt, I think one other facet right now with the program is uh, some of the former Spartan Dog uh, football players getting to show off their skills in Mobile, Alabama. You got that right. We have the senior bowl in uh, full flight. One of my favorite parts of the football calendar is this draft prep season. And Michigan State is fortunate to have Jaden Reed and Bryce Beringer already doing a great job down there in Alabama. What are some things you've seen on social media regarding their their time down there?
1: Like nothing but good things. And no, it's not just people like us, Michigan State yeah. uh, media people, or in my case, just a full-blown Michigan State slappy. Like no, th- these are just draft people and NFL reporters. Like over here, we got Nick Baumgartner, brilliant football mind. He highlights both of the players right here. uh, Highlights Behringer's 74-yard punt yesterday. I don't care if that's in a hurricane. That's an incredible punt, but we already knew that he can do that. I mean, he led the nation in punting with 49 yards per punt, almost two full yards more than second place. And then over here, here's a fun little metric. Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed has had the fastest GPS time of any AM session with 20.3 miles per hour right that's fast yeah jt that's fast so and the opportunity
0: to get times like that on record is very important and not something that everyone gets to do because 40 yard dash times, sometimes they're taken with very, very, um, I guess, a grain of salt, mm-hmm. but that's game speed. That's, so, yeah. for Reed to have those headlines out right now is very good. I heard Dane Brugler from the Athletics say that he's hearing top 120, is the range okay. scouts are saying for Jaden Reed. So, he's kind of locked into that fourth round or better spot with an opportunity to continue rising and. We know Bryce Spangler is as good yeah. as they come at punting, so
1: of course. And it's like any clip you see of Reed from the the Senior Bowl practices, just turning them into the, the chicken tenders yeah. that Trey is housing right. at Brody Cafeteria. Yeah, it's, it's just it's it, unbelievable. It, it
0: looks like Matt Shean's guarding some of those guys out there yeah. in
1: Mobile. <laughs> it, it, it gives me hope that I can one day maybe play, play, play yeah. defensive back in the Senior Bowl. <laughs> in comparison to how these guys are doing against Jaden, but no, like as we know, it's yeah. state people is just that special, and uh, yeah, hopefully scouts and GMs will realize that very shortly in yeah. this draft prep.
0: Speaking of people doing very well, let's do the very opposite of okay. that and yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. my performance mm-hmm. in Two Our Facts, One Is Whack. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think I'm 0-3 now. So about that, you're 0-2. Uh, I defaulted last week. There was a listener that called me out for it, and I'm so sorry. I forgot to write your name down on Twitter. I think it was like Spartan Claus or something like that, but they pointed out that marcus taylor was actually a point guard as well because i said that hey it was only three mm. point guards since 1995 that have gone into the mcdonald's all-american okay. game that went to state i said Mateen cleaves keith Appling, and then jeremy yeah. fears marcus taylor i just completely whiffed on so that's complete amateur hour by me but great listenership
0: yes thank you so much for there. saving my record from so being you're, 0-3 yeah, you're alive yeah you you're zone
1: two perfect zone 2. so Michigan State just played a really tough game at Mackey Arena. They've played also at Assembly Hall. They played at wherever Illinois calls their barn now. And they are also avoiding the rack this week. They're going to Madison Square Garden instead. So the theme for this, two are facts, one is whack, is the four toughest road environments in the Big Ten outside of Breslin Center, of course. I think it's the Purdue, Indiana, Illinois at Rutgers Gauntlet. So here we are. You ready for this one? I got three statements, two are facts, one is just straight up whack. Okay. Justin, since 2014-15, since that season, Michigan State went to a Final Four that year. That's not the statement. MSU has won four games at Madison Square Garden and has lost four games at the Rack. That's right. Since the 2015 season, MSU has won four games at Madison Square Garden and has lost four games at the Rack. Statement number two, if you're ready. I'm ready. Since 2013, MSU has won as many games on Hawaiian Islands as they have at Mackey Arena. Statement number two since 2013, MSU has won as many games on Hawaiian Islands as they've won at Mackey Arena. Statement three, if you're ready. Yes. In the last eight games against each opponent on the road, MSU is 500 at Indiana and at Illinois. So, last eight road games at Indiana and Illinois, Michigan State is 500. They're a smooth four and four against both of those opponents. Justin. Which one is fact? Which one's the other fact? And which one is whack? You got this. I believe. You I know. believe that
0: Michigan State has won more games on Hawaiian Islands than at Mackey Arena.
2: So that is the one I'm i How I'm sure are we whack. about
1: that? <laughs> I'm sure we about that. Oh, unfortunately, that's true for you, JT. So Michigan State, since 2013, they've been to the Maui Invitational once they won two games there. They also had that little game against Arizona. Um, I, I, like, it was something to do with the military in Pearl Harbor. I think it was on Oahu is, is the island that I'm thinking of. They lost that game as well. So, they've won two games since 2013. They've also only won two games at Mackey Arena since 2013 as well. Would you like to guess which one is also true I'm right not now? making
0: any more guesses. Okay. So...
1: Perfect. Awesome. So the other true <laughs> statement is that in the last eight games on the road against Indiana and Illinois, MSU is 500. Those are two tough environments, and they are 4-4 four and four on the road against Indiana and Illinois. The one that is whack is since 2014-15, MSU has won four games at Madison Square Garden and has lost four games at the RAC. You actually have to reverse that. They have lost four games at Madison Square Garden. They have won four games at the RAC since 2015 Michigan State is four and two at the rack, actually, and one and four at Madison Square Garden. So wow. here we are, thinking that we're dodging a bullet for this Saturday's game. Like, yeah, you never want to win in the rack, and that is true because the two uh, losses okay. at the rack have been the last two times they've been there. One of them during that COVID season where they scored just thirty-seven points. Jesus, uh, but yeah, I, maybe we're not catching a break. I don't know. Hopefully, we can. Um, Get the voodoo magic out of Madison Square Garden. That's a from very Michigan interesting State. stat. That it's like harder that? to win you. at
0: Madison Square Garden. You're making a lot of insight and, and yeah. information mm-hmm. as part of the segment, not just yeah. embarrassing me. That's that's no. It's embarrassing
1: how long I took to come up with that too. I think I spent a good hour and a half at home coming up with that fact there. So <laughs> anyone that stuck around for listening to that, <laughs> thank you. There was some blood, sweat, and tears put into that one. And us, uh, Party Claus, if that was your name, if you're still out there, oh God. Please don't tell me I'm wrong again. <laughs> so, because I, I triple check this one. Triple. So, I think it's flower time. I think it JT. is time for you to give out flowers, Matt. And this is the segment that we're doing every week. That's right. We're giving flowers to former players or coaches. Hey, that time might come as well. But we, we are just giving love to the players so they can appreciate it, what they've done for Michigan State. And I swear to you, this is just pure irony. This is coincidence. I did not know this until right before we started courting. That the man getting his flowers today, Brandon Dawson, one of my all-time favorite players, is celebrating his birthday today. Mm. His birthday is February 1st, so yeah, how about that for a birthday gift? I personally can't think of a better birthday gift than getting your flowers on the Spartan Dogs for Life show. But Brandon Dawson, iconic, one of three players with 1,000 points and 100 blocks in his career. Adrian Payne and Draymond Green being the other two players. Graduated as the blocks leader with 142 blocks, has since been passed, but at the time he stood on top of that mountain. Graduated number six in steals, graduated number seven in rebounds. 2014 most outstanding player in the 2014 Big Ten tournament. Who can forget his windmill dunk against Michigan in the title game? And he wasn't done there yet in his career. He lit it up in the 2015 run to the Final Four. Had a great game against Louisville. That little put back in overtime, but God just even off the stats and off the box score, loved watching, loved watching Brandon yeah. Dawson play. You talk about high motor. I mean, no, he did he have a jump shot. Like it wasn't the prettiest thing, but he made up for it in every single other place that he had. He was a slasher, he was an amazing dunker. And for a guy that was only six foot six. It's just a block machine, rebound machine, stealing machine. I mean, geez, just the epitome, right. epitome of a Spartan dog. Just a nasty, nasty guy in defense. Oh, God, I just love watching Brandon Dawson play. Happy birthday, Brandon, if you're watching this. so yeah. Exquisite timing
0: on your part with yeah, how about it being that? Brandon Dawson's birthday. So How about that? Good job by you, and shout out to Dawson for God, this week. Brandon
1: Dawson, one of my all-time favorite players. Yeah, just I'll say it again. All time favorites,
0: electrifying, God. electrifying. I know he
1: was, he was.
0: I think that about does it, man. I, I got nothing left of my notes in front of
1: me. That kind of sad. Mm. I've your, had fun.
0: Your eighteen pages of notes have been exhausted.
1: Yeah. Just, oh, was, just was, one was page one. today. It was, just, it was just one today. Mm. I, I went soft today. I I'm know. sure
0: that still took you four hours of preparation. Yeah,
1: least. and none of this handwriting is is even legible on this piece of paper. So I'm just is
0: that Mandarin?
1: It, it, yeah. It actually, uh, um. Yeah, I couldn't think of the other dialect, so, yeah.
0: Or are you writing with your left hand?
1: I probably should give that a try, or maybe even a foot. I like how is it to
0: start shooting with the other hand? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's not a bad idea, actually.
0: We'll try that for next I'll give that episode. a spin,
1: yeah, okay. There we go, we got something. It's not next week, though. I'm ditching next week.
0: Oh, yeah, because you're I'm not a professional.
1: Yeah that whole thing It's
0: okay we will have <laughs> we will have some exciting um content next week's episode i'll be here we'll have a yeah. special guest
1: it's gonna be electric yeah
0: and it will be electric indeed. yeah
1: that's can't miss this it, it is addition <laughs> by subtraction that i'm not here next week it's uh, a steep upgrade going on next next wednesday uh, i'll miss you though it's
0: you're going to be tuning in and you'll be able to give us feedback and, and how our notes were not as good as yours though. And and then that'll, Mm, that'll elevate the show in that regard. So for those that have listened to this entire episode, we appreciate your time and we look forward to seeing you here next week. And uh, I'm Justin Thin. That's Matt Sheehan. And we'll see you next time.
1: Love you guys. You guys are the best.
4: Please close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone.